this intergalactic fable Leia's now a slave, Han's a coffee table Imprisoned by a slug that kinda smells like puke And no one seems to know just where the hell is Luke But he'll be back, just like he said He's gonna come again and liberate his friends And with his green, he'll face a red he and Daddy-O are gonna make amends And once they're finally allies Oh, the Emperor will go bye-bye Let's watch Return of the Jedi Which starts like this So we open up with a very high-budget uh, space sequence uh, And where we enter in, Vader is entering into uh, one of the larger Star Destroyers To kind of make way and give them warning that Palpatine's on his way and that strikes fear into the hearts of every Imperial soldier in the galaxy, I'm sure. Uh, that's just kind of a quick scene. we It's the first time with a Star Wars movie we open on the Empire, but then we quickly cut to Tatooine where uh, R2 and C-3PO are searching for Jabba's palace where they can deliver a message from Luke Skywalker. And indeed, they get in, and it's pretty scary, but they get kind of adopted by the, by the gang. Exactly. So... R2 plays a message for Jabba, and that message has Luke Skywalker saying, uh, please accept these droids as a, as a token of my appreciation Lots for, of flattery. for freeing Captain Solo. Please free <laughs> Captain Solo. Uh, but if you don't, you will die. <laughs> right, and then there's a whole bunch more death. There We get to see some examples of the viciousness of Jabba the Hutt and some of the nastiness that goes on. Uh severity kind of takes hold when a bounty hunter enters having captured Chewbacca and there's a bit of a bartering back and forth for what Jabba's willing to pay for the Wookiee. Exactly. And the bounty hunter uses a thermal detonator as a bargaining chip. Uh, we cut back to the Empire. Uh, Palpatine does make his grand entrance and scares everyone. Uh, or did that not happen yet? That didn't happen yet. Okay, I watched the entire movie, and I thought that's already happened. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't stop. I kept going. <laughs> no, no, that didn't happen yet. We got so much more to Never deal with. Mind. For one, everybody goes to sleep, and then uh, the the bounty hunter kind of sneaks over to where Han Solo is still encased in carbonite, frees him. He's like, who are you? And she's like, someone who loves you, and it's Leia. Yeah. Well, see, in about two seconds, it's going to cut away after this <laughs> and give us the emperor. Right. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah. So that is how that wraps up. And that is probably going to be the name of the episode because we have a very few quotes to choose one from. But Someone Who Loves You, I Someone guess, is the you. opening episode oh title of Return of the Jedi. That is a brutal line. It really is. It's a brutal. And what it's it is. It's the only distinguishable line. Who are you? Someone Who Loves You. It probably is the only distinguishable line. And, and it's, it's okay that some bad lines are iconic lines. That kind of is part of the charm of Star Wars. But what's that, what that line is doing is trying so desperately to hearken back to the last verbal exchange Leia and Han have had, which is so romantic. And, and they do it again later. And they do it again later? Yeah. Would they have another I love you, I know? Yeah. Does she say I know? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that would have been enough. They didn't yeah. need to do uh, Someone Who Loves You. It's very clear you guys love each other. Uh, I don't know. It, definitely like some kind of quippy line over Who Are You. It would have been good if there was a better line there. Uh, there is another one we could use. We could say new ways to motivate them. Yeah, that, that was pretty haunting. That, that Vader line, it was pretty good. No, it's someone who loves you. It's That's, the only thing we have to go with. It's this, the recognizable line. I think this is the fewest quotes, though, I've ever written down. 
yeah, and, for a and, Star Wars 20. But not for a lack of dialogue. Yeah, but not for just because the dialogue wasn't that interesting. And a lot most, of it wasn't English. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. There was a lot of alien dialect. Do we know anything about that dialect? Is it all the same uh, language that everybody is speaking at Jabba's Palace? Uh, I think most of them are speaking Huttonese. Okay. Yeah. Huttonese. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I only like learned today that Jabba's species is Hut. Yes. I kind of figured like Jabba the Hut, like that, like the Huts were his community or his family, but like what it's that's not a good name. He's like that's like calling me Colin the Human. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it's more of a kind of the not- notor- the notoriety of it. Yeah, he he doesn't need to be specified. He's Jabba the Hut. Okay, oh, he's yeah, he's that terrifying in the sense that. The huts are so notorious that you don't need to specify a last name. And they're originally from another planet that's not Tatooine? Nalhutta. Oh, God. (laughs) Which is uh, interesting because we've only ever seen huts on Tatooine. Yep. Uh, Well, that's the only way we've seen them in the movies. Yeah. Uh, But we do actually, this is a fun little tidbit. Uh, We know a lot more about the really obnoxious singer in the Max Rebo band. Don't tell me that there is Rebels or Clone Wars backstory. Oh, yeah. Come on. So, Cy Snoodles. Cy Snoodles? Cy Snoodles. I think that's her name. Okay, so we're not talking about the the gruff-sounding Dr. John male backup vocalist Mm. who's so CGI it's painful. I know, no. We're talking about the... uh, weird like tube like that weird uh yeah. tube lips lady yeah tube lips yeah tube lip. let's call her that yeah <laughs> so Sai snoodles is her name she okay. actually kills jabba's uncle in the clone wars his uncle really? is zero the hut and okay. is a That's very a cooler name than very jabba. very flamboyant purple hut really yeah that's interesting yeah, he's uh he's a weird character i didn't like zero the hut why does she kill him uh, like I don't in, like remember a mutiny speci- kind of way. No, I don't remember the specifics of the episode. They were in love, and oh. she did it for money or something. Why did they feel the need to develop that god awful character? I have zero clue. And that's that's the thing that Clone Wars did wrong. It has a few moments where George Lucas, you know, kind of just pokes the bear. Mm. Like, you know what? I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to give you guys a three episode Jar Jar arc <laughs> just to fuck with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he would do things like this. Uh, and it allowed him to expand on the things he wanted to. I mean, not to get off topic too early in this episode. I know. But the whole thing he said about how he wanted to further develop midi-calorians in his uh, other trilogy is just George Lucas trolling the world. It is. I mean, I think to a degree he's telling the truth, but in the same vein, he has said several different things in the past as to... Oh, seven eight nine would have been this. Seven mm. eight nine would have been this. I think you're right, though. I think he sees what people are uh, resistant to, and then he wants to double down on that thing. Yeah, absolutely. With the exception of Jar Jar, because obviously he dialed back on Jar Jar. Well, that's interesting. And if that's the case, the one instance where he gave up, it's like seriously, George, you don't know where the line is in the, in the sense that you could have salvaged a terrible character. And you might have had a <laughs> yeah. You might have had a great idea for Jar Jar all along. Although, I don't know. I think he probably made the right call and. Falling back to our jar, just because of the risk. Yeah, that's a good point. We have no idea what those movies would have been like. And we're discussing this as if Darth Jar Jar was, in fact, a yes, real thing. that is exactly what we're talking about. Which I I think it was. I have a lot of belief in that theory. I think the theory, it, it's one of the most well-thought-out theories, and 
it's pretty hard to debunk mm-hmm. other than the words of George Lucas. Right. If you were to say that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We're not, that's a whole other black it hole is a of Star whole Wars things. Other thing. So, um, I'm a little bit unclear on which parts of the the dance sequence, shall we call it, are updated for the re-release. Because mm. I know, like for example, that gravelly voice guy, he was superimposed later. Yep. Uh, but the the musical number was always in Return of the Jedi. It was. It was much shorter, and mostly it was just that dancer who gets eaten. Yeah, and actually, funny enough, she came back. She looked good enough, still. 15 years later. To shoot more scenes? Uh-huh. Good for her. I know, right? That's wild. Yeah, crazy. There's an urban myth about her that when the trap door opens and she falls down, that her top falls off and you can see her boobs. Yeah. And I looked very carefully and I could not see her boobs. <laughs> okay, and, I'll, I'll, I'll believe your word on that one. Well, it's like I, what I it read... It makes sense seeing as her clothes are barely on. Well, exactly. Uh, but what I read was that like it's it's never been cut. It's still uncut in the most recent uh, re-release of Return of the Jedi, and that if you know where to pause frame by frame, you can see it. But I don't think so, man. Yeah, if you've got the the ability to capture that millisecond and you see a, a blurry nipple, then congratulations, you win. I think her death is among the most grisly deaths in Star Wars. It might be. And it's all implied. It's not like you see anything. But it was kind of uh, traumatic, I think, as a kid. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you see what's coming, when you see that beast uh, 20 minutes later in the mm-hmm. movie, and just imagining how how viciously he tore into that woman how awful that would have in been. fact do you like see her bones or something down there later uh, i don't remember you see some bones yeah you see a lot of bones yeah they come into play pretty nasty do you think in solo when the the chewbacca reveal is kind of uh a parallel of that particular scene falling down into a pit and yeah absolutely yeah do you not remember when i leaned over to you and said is it gonna be another rancor yeah i guess you did say just that, because yeah. that's the only thing we've ever seen in that kind of scenario right Right. Apparently, all the droids in Jabba's palace were seen in the Jawas center in A New Hope, which kind of makes you wonder, like, did Jabba, like, buy up all the Jawas uh, droids, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, Every possible. single one of them. I, I took issue uh, with the torturing of droids. Yeah, the branding. That was messed up. I mean, it's messed up, but it's ridiculous. It's also not necessary. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, uh, we can play around a little bit with droids have feelings. That's fine. This is Star Wars. But they don't have muscles. They don't have, like... I know. Like, 3PO has been, like, blown to smithereens. Yeah, they're programmed to feel that pain, though. But still, that's ridiculous that they have squealing from droids because they're being branded by their feet. It is fairly ridiculous. But I did like the receptionist droid. Which one is that? The Um, It's, like... Uh, D9D or something. Okay. 99. I think it is. Let me give you my Padawan question. Sure. What happened to the last interpreter in the droid workshop before C-3PO was brought in? He was disintegrated. He was disintegrated. How many languages do you speak? I am fluent in over six billion forms of communication and can readily... Splendid. We have been without an interpreter since our master got angry with our last protocol droid and disintegrated him. Disintegrated. I will give you my Padawan question. All right. Now this is one that if you if you if you know the species of Star Wars should be a really easy question. No, I don't really know the species. I know, that's of that why one. I'm kind of 
But what is the species of the green dancer who gets killed in Jabba's palace? I don't know. She's just so humanoid. I never really thought about it. Yeah, they're one of the more common species, though, in Star Wars. Yeah, they kind of are, aren't they? Yeah. So those are actually tentacles on her head? That's not like a weird hat? Uh, yep, no, they're uh, they're specifically tentacles. They're called... Um, you oh, don't know what the tentacles are called. Yeah, no, Leku. Come on. Yeah, they're called Leku. So what is she? She's a Twi'lek. Twi'lek. All right. No, I did not know that. Yeah. What are the name of well, the... Hera uh, is one of the main characters in Rebels. Yeah. And she's a Twi'lek. Okay. And she's a phenomenal character. I can Top picture, 15 character in Star Wars. I can picture other other characters that kind of look like that species. I guess I didn't really connect the dots. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the, the species that uh, that other kind of number two at Jabba's palace is? The guy with the white face, the red eyes. He's got tubes coming out of his head as well. I'm pretty sure he's an albino Twi'lek. I can see that. I think he is, yeah. yeah. His tentacles are kind of longer. and they're also, Bib Fortuna is his name. So they're I'll also droopier. I feel like he's the kind of character uh, who would probably have a very rich backstory. Just in that like he's had enough screen time. He's had enough dialogue. He's menacing enough, even though he's—I don't yeah, he, really care. He—he is—he's a—he's an albino Twi'lek. So, what do we know about him? Do we know anything? Is like, what's? How did he come to he's the? He's been working for Jabba for—I uh, think it's over thirty years. Yeah, uh, he was—he's essentially his chief of staff. Yeah, that's all. That's that's really all I know is that he just—he was—he was Jabba's right hand man. Yeah, that makes sense. What do we call those green boar type things that look like moblins from Zelda? I don't know what you're talking about. It's like the first kind of brutish thing that 3PO and, and R2 run into when they come into the main gate. You mean the big green pig-like character? Yeah, he's got like a pig yeah. and he's got tusks and well, stuff. Well, that's my, that's my night question. So. No! <laughs> that's not good for you, Colin. You're just asking me about species, all three questions? Uh, two out of three, and one of them is still along that tilt of questions or ilk. Okay, well, I guess ask me. What kind of species is that? Yeah, they're Gamorrean guards. Is oh, I've heard that before. They're Gamorreans is their species. That's kind of a classier name than I think they deserve. Yep, definitely. <laughs> it's kind of got a, it rolls off the tongue quite well. Yeah, it's very elegant sounding. <laughs> and they are the opposite of elegant. All right, give me your, uh, your night question. Night question? All right, this is a three-tiered question. What? No, it's okay. You got this. Okay. What is Jabba's reward offer for Chewbacca? Oh, yeah. What is the bounty hunter's counter demand, and what do they compromise on? They compromise on thirty-five thousand. Mm-hmm. Jabba offers twenty-five, but uh, the bounty hunter wants fifty. That's right. That's right. Are we talking about Republic credits? Uh, I would uh, imperial credits at this point. Oh yeah. How come there is only one form of currency in the galaxy far, far away? I think there are more, and there's a lot of spice trading, <laughs> but I guess, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's just something that do we really want to get into That's time true. and currency, and th- th- you get into alphabets. It really opens up so many different doors. Um, I see what you mean. It's just better not to get... Uh, the time thing I agree with, like, if you're going to think too much about time and the revolution of planets, you're going to ruin Star Wars for yourself. But yeah. I don't know. We could have a few different forms well, of currency. There are really good... Int- like, did you say a revolution of planets? Oh, yeah. sorry, I didn't even think of that. I th- you mean like actual movement? The revolution. revolving of planets. Yeah, I yeah. was thinking of a revolution. I was like, well, actually, they dive really into revolutions <laughs> on a few different books. <laughs> right, L- right. Lords of the Sith actually dives into the revolution that happens on um, the home planet of the Twi'lek, which is slipping my mind. Right. They're French, something like that. What are you reading right now? Uh, I'm finishing up Last Shot, and, uh, and then I'm going to go into Lords of the Sith. 
which okay. is the book I was just describing. What what what's significant about that one? What do they cover? Uh, Lords of the Sith. It covers right after Revenge of the Sith, uh, Vader mm-hmm. and Palpatine, uh, and it takes also a view on. Um, I, I don't really know a whole lot, but Cham Syndulla, uh, he was in uh, the Clone Wars as kind of a, a freedom fighter for his people, and he was also in Rebels because he's Hera's father. Ah. Uh, so they kind of wrap those two together, and so he's the main, I guess, rebel protagonist in the book and then there's the the vader uh, palpatine side of things what do we have for quotes you're right it's not an especially quotable uh star wars actually i think when when han is freed from the from the carbonite and he kind of mutters i can't see that always kind of stuck with me i actually think that's better attention to detail than star wars usually gives yeah like because you wouldn't be able to see no it's uh, a hibernation sickness hibernation sickness yeah. yeah And your sight will return. But like that he's so sweaty mm-hmm. and that he's completely blind is yeah. something that I don't really expect Star Wars to consider. The glowing red and then the melt away and then the perfect like outline of his body. It was a little. I thought the same thing too. Like yeah. they, it melts away carbonite, but it doesn't burn his flesh off yeah, his it seems, bones. It seems a little weird. Yeah. It's like welcome like the sunshine as it breaks through the clouds. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. a little like that. They it's... were probably pretty proud of that effect in 1984 or whenever this movie came out. They probably did that and they're like, oh my God, we killed this. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Anyway. There I, are I, a few points like that. I do have to say, though, that opening space sequence, I was so, so surprised by. Beautiful, right? It was so well done. And like, there's even ones after that are terrible. Mm. I watched uh, I watched it with the uh, the commentary on. Oh, cool. And so it was really interesting when they pointed out things like, oh, there's a tennis shoe in that. There's a piece of bubble gum in, 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 in that <laughs> fleet of ships. I feel like... Uh, well, first of all, the the Death Star under construction, this new Death Star, is more menacing than the original Death Star. Which I think is it's four hundred and sixty percent. All size. right, you just passed my master question. Is that it? Four hundred and sixty percent. Yeah, I didn't even look that up, Colin. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, yeah, it's it's that much bigger than the original Death Star, <laughs> which is insane. It's so big. It's insane. That's massive. And. They just kind of whipped it up in like a couple of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like theoretically, that's just... It takes them 20 years to make the first one. Do you know how long it took for Halifax to build this new convention center? <laughs> like this is the size of a planet and mm-hmm. not a small moon anymore. No, it's like, you know, it only took four years. Yeah. <laughs> About the same as the Halifax Convention Center. That is ludicrous. But like I said, like it's kind of scarier because it's skeletal looking. Yeah, it definitely has a really cool look to it. You're right. It's, it's a very well... Uh, it's it's really excellent cinematography. Yeah, it, it is so weird though when you look at the Death Star design and to picture what it would be like to be working in the Death Star. When How it's do you like mean? that? Yeah, like are these like the jagged edge of it? Is it where some floors just extend out into space and <laughs> some of them don't? I guess it would have to be like that. No, I think it's so insanely large that what looks like just a platform sticking out into space is actually like a whole story it could be a whole hotel yeah no no that's what i mean but i just mean like it's it's interesting like different floors are extended out the full length but some are like not even close well you also have to imagine that certain parts of that are uninhabited they're still under construction oh yeah definitely so it's just like the half that's completed has people in it at this point but it's still bigger than the original Death Star. How can, and I understand they have the biggest army and they're the Empire, but they have been weakened by their last uh, disruption. Mm-hmm. How are they able to construct such uh, a weaponous uh, space station without being attacked again? Like, aren't the rebels smarter to attack the Death Star while it's under construction? Or is it That's cloaked? what they're doing. 
Yes, okay, but like they could blow it up. They could end it. That's what they do. Why don't they do it sooner? Because they weren't able to get the plans uh, of the base on Endor that has the shield generator that's protecting the Death Star under construction. Okay, I guess we're going to get on, into all of that in the coming weeks. You, we would, we definitely will. Yeah, I suppose. Do you want me to give you my master question? Sure. Uh, what is the full name of Jabba the Hutt? Ooh, uh, Jabberwocky <laughs> Steven. No, the Hutt. <laughs> I actually, I, I do not ever remember this because it is impossible. Because is, you don't need to. Well, no, but it's like, it's Jabba Desilogic Tiur. Okay. It's definitely way more elegant at the end than it is at the start. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Six different people manned the animatronic Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, he weighed 1,400 pounds. He is really disgusting. Yeah, he really is. Truly disgusting. What's he smoking? Some kind of like hookah, yeah. I guess it's like green and like slimy. It's like it's, nasty, gnarly yeah. bong water with algae in it. <laughs> and like, what is he? What is he eating? Like, he has a little fish tank next yeah. to his throne where he just reaches in and pulls out this like screamy little slug. Oh, you're gonna hate this, Colin. You know that little rat-like Muppet? Yeah. That's next to Jabba. Do you know his name? Oh, I did read this. Salacious B Crumb. Salacious B Crumb, because he's also a Harry Potter character. <laughs> Salacious B crumb. <laughs> Whose idea was that? Wasn't Lawrence Kasdan around? Did yeah. he stop saying no at some point? Lawrence Kasdan did a lot of the commentary I listened to. Yeah. And I don't think I've listened to that commentary in a decade. Mm. And oh my God. Like, to be honest, he really agreed with a lot of Lucas's idiocy. He had to have. I know. And it's shocking how we got a lot of great stuff from Lawrence Kasdan, but he was really okay with a lot. Like, he was super cool with the Ewoks. He thought they were better than the Wookiees. Yeah. He thought that the they Ewoks. were like a correction of the Wookiees. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind the Ewoks. I know they're kind of... Uh, I don't mind them either. No. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think Lawrence Kasdan was smart and he knew which battles to pick. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing. Lucas was someone who was hard to handle at yeah. best. Yeah. And, and Lawrence Kasdan was like, okay, this, this series can still be the biggest series of all time if I just let that one go because otherwise I'm going to get fired and I want to keep this job. Yeah, I don't think George would have ever fired Lawrence Kasdan, though. It makes it more harmonious for everyone if George and Lawrence Kasdan don't hate each other. Cause that's they right. Don't Mom and Dad shouldn't anything. fight. Mom and Dad shouldn't fight. Exactly. And well that's, that's kind of what they had become at that point. Some quotes. Uh, like I said, we, ha we don't have a whole lot. Um, perhaps I can find new ways to motivate them, as you said. That's, mm. that's uh, Darth Vader um, discussing with Moff Jarjared. That's his name. I tell you, this station will be operational as planned. The Emperor does not share your optimistic appraisal of the situation. But he asks the impossible. I need more men. Do you know who auditioned for that role? No, who? Alan Rickman. Ah, uh, that did, would have been so much better. How did Alan Rickman not get that job? Alan Rickman would have been a phenomenal Imperial officer. Oh my God, absolutely. Wow. It's just like kind of a quick little part, right? Although he never gets force choked because this is the first time Darth Vader never force chokes somebody. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's actually interesting. He probably would have had 
<laughs> probably right. They did not want to do more work. Yeah. Uh, you may dispense with the pleasantries, Commander. I'm here to put you back on schedule. Yeah, that's really haunting. Yeah, that is not what you want to hear from your boss. Right. We'll double our efforts. I hope so, Commander. For your sake, the Emperor is not as forgiving as I am. Which is a dope line because he's yeah. super not forgiving. He's terrifying. <laughs> and I think that's the point. I think what he's saying is like, I'm a teddy bear compared to the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Which it's also true. Yeah, I know it is. He really is. Yeah. There is no one who is more fucked up than Sheev. You know what's interesting about Ian McDermott that I read today? And we didn't see him that yet he's, in this know, 20. absolutely wonderful? No, but I believe that. He is. Yeah, that's nice. He's only <laughs> seven years older than Mark him, but... Hamill. Yeah, that makes sense, though. <laughs> Isn't that weird, though? It's, he was like 40 in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's very weird. Yeah. I know. Hey, he was kind of just like, initially, George Lucas didn't really like him for the role he wanted to get a grandmother with a monkey's face well he didn't want really anyone like he wanted the presence there but it was almost like more of like a spirit or a ghost and like it was something where they almost didn't want an actor but they obviously had to have someone portray i understand that impulse but and he was also apparently wanted someone else to speak the lines anyway there's so much of that he, he wasn't he wasn't expecting ian mcdermott to be as incredible as he is. Yeah, so, so good that he's basically the main character in the prequel trilogy. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But basically, he was so good at acting that George Lucas was like, okay, this guy's great. We'll do everything that he is, and then I'll make him the main character of my next three movies. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So he really impressed him. And he hasn't done a whole lot else in his career, has no, he? No, I think he's uh, a stage actor. Big theater guy. Mind. He's very, very good. And he could still do it again in some kind of way. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely <laughs> would love... Uh, a young Palpatine movie, and I know that wouldn't give us well, he's Ian McDermott too old. again. He's but... probably too old to play young Palpatine. Oh, he's but definitely. Okay, but he could play original trilogy era Palpatine. Oh, absolutely. He still does the voicing on him sometimes. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Uh, he could definitely play like Palpatine if you need to do a flashback too. Yeah, totally. I, there's definitely things like that that could make it work. But right. I, if more Palpatine, I want would be in book form. That's the one thing. Like. Sorry, not book form. Um, I really don't care about the, the form. I think TV or movie would be better, though. But I think Palpatine versus Yoda, I would way prefer to have the young Palpatine than the young Yoda. Ye- oh, yeah. I don't care about young Yoda. Yeah, Yoda, like, I think it would be cool to see a story of Yoda, like, potentially, like, with Dooku, like a young Dooku yeah. story where maybe they're exploring the outer rim it's not like like maybe a way to like tie in snoke mm-hmm. kind of showing how like because dooku's someone who would have been playing a little bit on the like, something dragged him a little bit towards the dark side throughout his throughout his life yeah um, i don't know i don't so much care i, th- I think that it, okay this is gonna this is a bit of a hot take mm. but palpatine is more important than yoda palpatine is absolutely more important than yoda i know but that's that's hard for people to swallow Oh, Yoda's my favorite character, and Palpatine's more important than Yoda. Yoda is is a great character for uh, for exposition, and he's darling. But he doesn't do a whole lot in the whole series. Well, he does train all of the Jedi. I understand. <laughs> but that could have been anybody. You know what I mean? They didn't even need that character other than that he helps uh, our main characters and us know what's going on. Yeah. He's just exposition. But he also in a yeah, cute he, little he trains Luke. I know. Yeah. I know. And and like that's important, but that could have been Obi-Wan. There, there are other ways around it. Yeah. No, that's definitely true. But no, no, I, I agree. Palpatine, Palpatine is, does more. He's probably 
Mm. Without Palpatine, there's no Darth Vader. There's no nothing. Besides Anakin, he has the most impact on the entire series. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That's what I'm trying or to say. The, or you could even say that he wouldn't have had the... Anakin wouldn't have done anything if it wasn't for him. So you could say he's the root cause of it all. He absolutely is, and I would much rather explore that yeah, historically. No, definitely. Um, okay, what else do we quotes. got here? Uh, what could possibly have come over Master Luke? Is it something I did? <laughs> 3PO has a couple of good quotes again. 3PO does. He's got another one here. If uh, I told you... Uh, if I told you... What is this? Ah, if I told you half the things I've heard about this Jabba the Hutt, you'd probably short circuit. Yeah, that was a good one. That was kind of funny. Also, when he's like really nervous and they're trying to get into Jabba's palace and he's like, I suppose we should knock, knock, knock. I guess nobody's home. Yeah, that was good. I thought that was hilarious. Um, also, when he says to Jabba, uh, oh, yes, your worshipfulness. I thought that was super funny. <laughs> yeah. Pulling, picking up some Han things. Yeah. Well, and I couldn't help but notice in Luke's transmission how many different flatteries he found for, for Jabba. Greetings, exalted one. I know that you are powerful, mighty Jabba. I seek an audience with your greatness to bargain for Solo's life. Exalted one. Oh my god, the exalted one is just funny, though. Mighty Jabba. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, great one. But you know what's funny? What I really thought of? What? It w and it's, it's really sad. But this is the position that we're in in the world. Uh-huh. The way he was speaking was the way that Donald Trump speaks about Kim Jong-un. Probably. Probably. <laughs> and it's probably how people, he wants people to speak of him, too. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really messed up. Very upsetting. But Luke is just doing that to get what he wants. Yeah, he's just pandering him. That's absolutely right. By the way, his hair is super Lego-y. Mm -hmm. His hair is really 80s and lame. Yeah, it definitely like looks like over. you could like, pick it up and yeah. take it off. And he looks very old in that transmission, too. It's not supposed to be a clear image of Luke, but he looks old and yeah, it's kind of... Not youthful. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, what else is there? I couldn't help but notice uh, that uh, Carrie Fisher is 4'11", and I think it would be pretty hard for people to believe that a 4'11 bounty hunter was able to wrangle and uh, submit Chewbacca. Cause Chewbacca could just like well, kill that bounty hunter. I don't know much about Boosh. Or Bosch, which is the name of the actual bounty hunter who wears that suit. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, he worked for Black Sun, mm -hmm. which is pretty badass. So uh, unless they're not thinking about the height, maybe if he's able, if he's able to be five feet, then it works. If he's short, but yeah, it would be definitely a little off-putting. Leia fit the uniform though, so my I guess know. is he was li the likely reason was he was small. Uh, yeah, maybe he was small, but for that reason, I don't think he would have been able to wrangle Chewbacca. Like, Chewbacca's just standing there in handcuffs. Well, yeah, but there's also a thermal detonator, and Leia's able to, you know, negotiate with Jabba and really use that as, like, I can be a badass here. I guess. Just kind of adding a little bit of validity to, like, see, this is how I got Chewbacca. I guess so. I will have to say, though, the exposition that 3DBO says, R2, look, Captain Solo, and he's still frozen in carbonite. Yeah, I know. That's pretty, pretty unnecessary. That was pretty bad. It? Well, as if you don't remember that. Or like, oh, I wonder which character's frozen in carbonite now. <laughs> yeah, remind me. Hmm. Like, Han was before, but this has got to be someone new. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole reason we came to Jabba's palace was to make sure Han was okay and to rescue everybody. Yeah, from, what was it again? Oh, yeah, him being trapped in carbonite. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was so unnecessary. <laughs> oh, well. Do you have any nostalgic moments besides, you know, the whole 20? 
The whole 20 was super nostalgic. You're right. Uh, apparently, it was George Lucas just wanting to recreate the cantina scene, but with a better budget. Mm. That's why he put in music numbers and stuff. And so, like, for that reason, it's nostalgic, but it's it's more daunting. It's not as as uh, charming as the cantina scene. No, not at all. Uh, honestly, the the thing that, that grips my, my emotional memory the strongest is the death of that dancer girl. Just because when it happened as a kid, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, I can... I, I, it still burned on my brain, the image of her flesh getting torn into. Yeah, that wasn't anything that really kept me up at night as a kid. <laughs> you know me. I'm a softie. Yeah, the um, <laughs> that weird electronic eyeball thing that interrogates 3PO that and then cool. laughs at him. Yeah. That thing, I just like for some reason, it just brought me back, mm. uh, as well as the thermal detonator. Just even the words thermal detonator. Yeah. It's very uh, I Star Wars. Well, yeah. I mean, when you're a kid playing Star Wars, thermal detonators, that's the only way I'm going to be able to blow you up. That's right. They were kind of like the last ditch effort. They were well, like, I video- could win if I throw one of these. Exactly. In video games, they were your hand grenades. They were thermal detonators, basically. They weren't that strong in video games. No, not at all. <laughs> if I remember. Well, in the video games we played, they were especially terrible. Yeah, we played some bad video games. We did. Uh, <laughs> the big one for me, though, and I don't know why, but... I think I think I actually remember the first time seeing the reveal of Leia. Okay. I think I actually remember the very first time, like back when I was probably like three years old. And being surprised. And being surprised watching Return of the Jedi for the first time. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's the only thing I can remember, like the only part of the original trilogy that is supposed to be a surprise that I remember being a surprise. Maybe you remember because she's so beautiful when she takes off that helmet. That's possible. She just looks she really so, is. She is, and she looks so cool and like. I know I just pulled off. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, she. Well, and that's right. She's always been heroic, and we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's always been a badass. But I guess she went to George Lucas, and of course, there's the famous story about how he. Oh yeah. How he's just a perv, and that's why he put her in the metal bikini. And he told her that there's no underwear in space or whatever. Um, but she also wanted to be dressed more uh feminine mm-hmm. in this movie she's like all of my clothes are like dresses that go down to the floor and i want to be sexy in this movie and they found ways to make her both sexy and badass yeah absolutely although she hated the jab of the hut scenes of course she did it's really funny when watching the commentary she's just ranting throat it and i'm not talking and i'm not talking and i'm not talking and i'm not talking and then i kill him and now i can talk again yeah. <laughs> and so basically she she goes pretty much mute as a character mm-hmm. once she be and she's once she's in the gold bikini yeah but maybe that's not bad writing maybe that's kind of what what it's, happens it's not necessarily bad writing it's just Carrie Fisher using it as an opportunity to say, of course, they just wanted me to sit there in the bikini and be quiet. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And when they had their stunt double on, there was two of them. So She is the one who kills Jabba, yes? Yeah. I guess his death, and we're getting ahead of ourselves again, but I guess his death is a Godfather reference. Like the strangling of, is it Luca? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember who gets strangled in the Godfather. Me neither. Um, but, but he is, he is it, it, it's an easy reference to yeah, pull. Yeah, but the Godfather... Do, he doesn't get strangled. No, so. I know. But, but and Jabba would be the Godfather in this. No, scenario. but the image, like uh, the, yeah. the tongue flailing and everything, and the oh, strangling, fair. just like okay, the actual enough. image of it could uh, harken back to because the Jabba the Hutt's not like necessarily the kingpin of all evil either. I mean, he is in this particular network. He but. is one of the biggest like gangsters and criminals in the entire galaxy. Then why does he share a bedroom with all of his people? Why doesn't he, like, go off to his chambers? I'm sure he has chambers, but clearly they knew something was up. 
Um, you're right. And why else were they hiding behind a curtain in a very small quarter? That's all I have. That's all I have for notes on this 20. Um, what else? I think I might have one or two other things, but not too, too much. Um, let's see. Jabba's uh, slithery noises were made using a cheese casserole. You did some serious research for this first 20. Yes, I did. I learned some things. Nice. Um, the fat dancer. Her name is Yarna de Algargan. Tube mouth? No, the really, like the fat dancer who is more humanoid. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I wonder what the lyrics of that song translate to. I don't even want to know, really. <laughs> I'm not going to. I, I just find it so funny that, like, of all the music uh, genres that they could bring into that particular sequence, they wanted to make Jabba's Palace double as a blues club. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. There's, like, space harmonicas and stuff. Yeah, no, I think that's pretty much all I have, though, for... Uh... It was, a, it was an incredibly specific 20 image-wise. Yeah, it, it was great. And yeah. there was a lot of ways that they really expanded the galaxy in this 20. Yeah, that's true. Just even with different species. Not and... necessarily in the best way, though, because it's a, an incredibly flawed 20. Yeah. It's nostalgic, and it's fun. The and next it... 20 is incredible. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And that's one of the best uh, It's one of the best sequences. 20s in Star Wars. Definitely. Yeah. This first one is great, too. It's a great way to kick off the movie. You know what's interesting? Speaking of kicking off the movies, I found it interesting that the first line in the crawl for Return of the Jedi is, Luke Skywalker has returned. And the first line in the crawl for the next Star Wars movie is, Luke Skywalker has vanished. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know if that's like a parallel that they considered, but it stood out Most to me. likely. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Most likely they had all the, the crawls next to each other when writing me, the next one. It seems to me they think of things yeah. when they're working on these movies. Usually. Yeah. Well, we've got actually a handful of things in the news. Yeah, uh, we haven't done an episode in a couple of weeks, so what's going on? So the most wanted book came out. Apparently it gives some really good depth to the character of Kira. Oh, good. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. it goes back on the backstory of her and Han as they uh, were growing up, showing right. her kind of aspirations uh, to it, kind of rise in the criminal underworld as does, opposed to get out. Does it kind of kill that fan theory that maybe she was always with Crimson Dawn? Yes, it kills that fan theory. That's probably for the best. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like it's the better of the associated uh, novels to go with Solo. Okay. Yeah, just based on the, the reviews that I've heard, they all seem very positive, whereas uh, Last Shot had some mixed reviews. Because you really enjoyed Last Shot. Uh, I did, It's but the reason why I haven't finished it yet is because it's really hit a lull oh, okay. in the middle. Yeah. There's just too much action and not actual development of the plot. Now, speaking of those characters, the rumor has kind of upticked that Billy Dee Williams is going to reprise his role in Episode Nine. I know, I saw like... on. I don't remember what it was, but there was some leak a few weeks back that he was working out and getting in shape, and that apparently surfaced again. So it's very highly, it's very likely we're going to see him in episode nine. And let's face it, if the Resistance has allies in the Outer Rim, who else would it be but Lando? Well, and, and honestly, perfect. If, if he wasn't in this movie, I would just have to assume he said no. He said a hard no. And they're mm. like, we'll give you $3 million. And he would say, absolutely not. Because... Why else would they not want to put... They, they're they so obsessed with fan service in these movies, yeah. and we don't have the other three characters anymore. He hasn't been asked for the first two. Yeah, but that's fine. Maybe so, they're saving him. But that's the thing. And because we lost the other three, 
Uh, one of them in Star Wars, one of them temporarily in Star Wars, and one of them in real life. But Mark Hamill will be back in episode. But that's the thing. Is Mark Hamill will be back. That's what yeah. I mean. But, to but get, not with Lando. No. But in terms of Lando, here's an opportunity to bring an old member of the Rebel Alliance into the Resistance. Because yep. that rebellion element, there's really no one. There is no one left. Right. I don't... I'm. There might be someone, like, but need numb or something. There could be some senior general that can really give some perspective. Plus, as we've said several times on this podcast, it would be really good for Chewie. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. Yeah. Although, Chewie, they're clearly transitioning to being the sidekick of Ray. That's fine. Which, but, yep, is absolutely fine. But there still needs to be that, uh, that conclusion, that kind of... Uh, uh, closure definitely definitely and uh, we all want more closure on the death of han solo definitely. still definitely so, uh the favreau show it's likely to start filming by the end of the year just a, a rumor i know um, but that could potentially the goal is to get a fall release of 2019 though with the release of the disney streaming service is most likely assumed to that would be sick if we got some of that show before episode nine yeah that really would be that would be i think that's a long shot yeah, I think there's a decent chance it might take a little bit longer than yeah. that. But I don't know. The way that they're really speeding up on a lot of projects, they've got a lot of things. That's in the amazing pipeline. timing because you and I did the math the other day, and we're going to be out of Star Wars 20s by October 2019. So if we could do a few episodes of that show to take us to episode nine. That would be, be perfect. That would be perfect. Apparently, it's supposed to be 10 episodes. Okay. So that's the rumored number, which Great. is, I think, good. And like, because obviously, you want to keep quality as high as possible. And so that's essentially meaning we're going to maybe get like a 10-hour Star Wars movie. And that makes me so damn excited. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. This needed to happen. What's up? So this is the, I don't know, what attempt this is at an RPG style or, I guess, story-centered Star Wars video game. Like a sandbox game? Well, we don't know anything other than you are a Jedi and it is between uh, is after uh, after order 66 it's between revenge of the sith and a new hope you are on the run uh, you have a lightsaber uh, that is all we know cool but they've scrapped a few different games they scrapped one that was supposed to take place in a similar timeline where you were a smuggler uh, and that was done by visceral studios uh, that was only i think they only ended that project about a year ago mm -hmm. uh, and then there was star wars 1313 which was a big video game that stopped production when Disney bought Star Wars and Lucasfilm. And but these so essentially there's been just teasings of these other potential story-based games and finally this seems to be one that Disney is settling on uh, and are actually going to move forward with cuz they're scheduled to get it out before episode 9. Oh man. So that means my guess is they're taking a lot of stuff They've had another, like maybe in the visceral game, and repurposing some of maybe the back end work. Yeah. Um, so we'll know a lot more about it for next year's E3. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They just literally asked uh, offhandedly a question that resulted in great tidbits at E3. So. Wow. Well, I don't know why that's not a bigger deal. People have been dying for that. Because that's all we know. Yeah. Literally. We know the type of character that you will be playing as and the time period. I'm but so down. Let's face it. The time period, although like, like this, there's so many opportunities. Yeah. They may start maybe like a year after, or maybe they start at order 66. Mm. That'd be amazing. Great starting point. That'd yeah. be awesome. And then they give yeah, us you, like- You escaping, you fleeing. Yeah. And then give us like two years later. Hmm. And then we get to take that arc because Kanan Jarrus is one of the best characters in all of Star Wars. 
and to get a character like that and play it from the video game angle i mean that would be so cool yeah um i assume that's kind of the route they're gonna go uh, i don't really know how else it's gonna be because you're gonna need to have someone who's uh, well, maybe it's going to be maybe more of a rogue Jedi style. Maybe it, it could be one where maybe it's uh, someone who who left the order, uh, or when Order sixty six happened, kind of agreed with the notion of ending the Jedi. Who knows? I just i I hope that it's not too storybook focused because, like, I think that's the only problem with Force Unleashed, which are amazing mm-hmm. games, but nobody really talks about them. And it's really just because it takes you through the motions. You don't have any open world sandbox freedom. You, and I completely agree. And that's the thing is games that are too linear. Yeah. Although you can tell a cool story, and Star Wars likes to do that. Yeah. There does need to be more freedom. If you really want to get long-term investment from fans, something Rockstar-esque, something Zelda-esque would be just so cool. We won't get anything close to that in terms of, because of just development time, sure. but it blows my mind what Ubisoft is able to do with Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. and they're able to pull off games of incredible magnitude in a year to, a year or two. Like, Assassin's Creed is pretty linear, though. No. like The story may be linear, but you have... Like full open world ability to craft, okay. and the new actually the one that's coming out, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey for next year, or I guess later this year, it's full RPG. Like you get to pick what you say. Even. Ah. So yeah, they're making a full shift over. Man, I hope they put this on Switch because that's the only system I have. I know. I, I really want them to go like hardcore and plaster the Star Wars game everywhere. I want them to invest heavily in it so that they can really bring this part back. Video games have dipped just in general, like uh, big popcorn movies are like the biggest thing. And of course, like streaming television are a very big thing. But like 10 years ago was the renaissance of video games. And it's kind of taken a bit of a dive. Lately, retro gaming is kind of the, a bigger deal. Console gaming has taken a bit of a dive. Yes. Okay. Because gaming on computers uh, is what a lot of people do now. And right now, Fortnite is the big thing. Yeah. PC gaming is dominating the industry. And by within 20 years, we'll probably be the only thing. That's niche though. That's not for everybody. Well, yeah, it's just the way that everything is going to change. I mean, I mean, I guess like people like our literally friends everything is going to be a computer play 2k and NHL and yeah. Um, and Madden and those type games, but like the serious gamers, you're right. They're on their, their computers. Yeah. Usually the case, uh, Mangold's Boba Fett movie. Uh, it's expected to film in 2020 for release in 2021. Wow. Uh, this is still just a rumor, though. It's a quick turnaround. Uh, yeah. So that's something where I th- it, it's a quick turnaround, but well, no, it's not really at the same time. I mean, a year and a half, two months. years to write it and prep it and film it in a year and release it in a year because yeah. probably gonna come out in December, I guess. Yeah. So that's encouraging. Um, Fanta Tracks. They were the ones who reported the Billy D. Williams return. Okay. I just thought it was really funny. I'd never heard of Fanta Tracks Fanta before. Fanta Tracks, good. But, they sound uh, reliable. Yeah, so go Fanta Tracks. <laughs> we're impressed with your name. Yes, we are. We're going to learn more about you. Um, also, Star Wars Detours. This isn't a great thing. So Star Wars Detours was a TV show that was run by the creators of Robot Chicken. Okay. And it was Star Wars based and it wasn't actually, it didn't make it to air. It was canceled when Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney. And thank God, because this thing is so stupid. You mean like Seth Green? Yep. Okay. And it is what you would expect Seth Green to make. Nothing against their style of comedy. No. I just, 
I don't think it has a place in Star Wars. It's a canon Star Wars thing. No, from that's Seth the thing. Green. It's got like this weird non-canon element to it, and like it's I just like don't even bother with that shit. Okay. So Star Wars, they they trademarked the name again, or however that worked. There's just potential leaks that there could they could be bringing that back. If they do, it better be in a completely different way. But if it's not canon, I don't feel threatened by it. Yeah, but I just don't want them investing any of their time in that. I guess. That's my opinion, and that may be a hard line on something that shouldn't receive maybe such a hard line, but in my opinion, that is a waste of any resources. I think it probably is. I don't think people are too attached to that. No, like, like people I don't think, I do not think people will like it. No. No, that doesn't sound right. I haven't seen it, so I shouldn't. Because I should it won't appeal though. to a, such a large basis of the fans and the hardcore fans. I don't think it will appeal to them. So, are you going to get offshoot fans? So, what's the value? Exactly. Like the offshoot fans aren't the ones who are going to find this interesting. It's the hardcore fans, and the hardcore fans may not like this. Probably won't like this. Right. So, it's a seems like a bad choice. It but, does. Um, Tom Kane. Who did the voice of Yoda? He at uh, one of the Comic Cons spoke to a fan, and uh, sorry, that's the voice of Yoda in Clone Wars. I was going to ask. Uh, yeah. yeah, and so he uh, he was speaking to a fan and mentioned that there were nine movies in the pipeline. Okay. And so this kind of blew up a little bit, and that there was nine movies in production. First of all, why would he even know that? Well, he's in the Star Wars family, so... I guess, but that's you know, that sounds like... It sounds like something that you would never, ever say. You but wouldn't think really about, spread around. Think about it this way. It's not that revolutionary. Okay. We have episode nine. Right. That's one. Yeah. Ryan Johnson's getting a trilogy. Yeah. That is absolutely happening. Uh, it's new characters. Uh, some people have theorized that it's not going to happen because of all the controversy with The Last Jedi. That's not, ridiculous. Not the That's case. not a theory. That's that's wishful thinking. No, I think it. there's merit to it, but I think that's part of the reason why they've come out and explicitly stated, nope, we're still doing Ryan Johnson's Good. trilogy. Good. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be great. There's clearly problems with The Last Jedi, but Ryan Johnson is a very smart they're and not, talented filmmaker. They're not problematic like people go on about no and I'm, God, not inter- no. I'm not even interested in getting into that right now no exactly literally you shave eight minutes off the movie and change leia poppins a little bit and you have an insanely incredible movie episode nine three ryan johnson movies three game of thrones dudes movies well that's the thing we don't know how many they're doing they're oh. doing a series of movies oh so let's assume they're doing three okay so that brings us up to seven movies yeah Obi-Wan and Boba Fett, that's nine movies. Yeah. That's done. not that interesting. We've heard so many rumors about Boba Fett that it's pretty much confirmed. Yep. It's just not been confirmed from the mouth of Kathleen Kennedy. Right. Obi-Wan, I believe, is the exact same scenario. I think when stuff broke about Stephen Daltrey a while back, I think it's the same way that Mangold's breaking about Boba Fett now. Uh, and likely that means that 2020 is the Obi-Wan movie that has been secretly under production in some ways. Okay, so here's an interesting question. Everybody knows that it's a movie that's likely to happen, and everybody's excited for it to happen, and there's not even any discussing over who should play Obi-Wan Kenobi. So there's Thank not God. there's not even really a whole lot of discussing to do. There's just waiting around for that movie to be confirmed. But who would be our ideal director for the Kenobi movie? Do we want to get like a Danny Boyle? Do we want to give... Stephen Daltrey is the one. Okay. Okay. So I don't really know a whole lot about Stephen Daltrey, but uh, Billy Elliot, I know, is one of his movies. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Uh, he's got a good rep. He's got a good repertoire. He's he's an unusual pick, but 
most people seem pretty happy with it. So there's a director semi-unboard then, I guess. Yeah, so Stephen Daldry, he did uh, Billy Elliot, The Reader, The Hours, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. These are like really serious movies. Yeah, they are. They're very like character and dialogue driven, which I kind of like. And I think when you have... I, it, it's Some people think it could be Darth Maul, but they haven't watched Rebels. But the, the, in terms of talking with the villain of this movie... The odds are it should be Vader, and it probably will be. Uh, so under that notion, that's like, kind of interesting. You, to f- you, you need to focus on internal conflict and conflict between these two individuals who are like brothers, who are going to be likely a protagonist and antagonist in this movie. That's a cool idea because we just kind of assume that they have that battle on Mustafar, and then they they stay away from each other for all that time. But maybe no, maybe there is a little bit more to their their rivalry yeah and it's something that uh i know i mentioned collider a lot but christian harloff at collider he's been pushing it for a long 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 time and so he's made really good points on the reference that obi-wan once thought as you did that's a line that we're going to get later in return of the jedi when luke tries to turn vader back to the the light side of the force yeah basically saying okay well first of all when did obi-wan try that Obi-Wan, mm. at no point on Mustafar, tries to turn Anakin back to the light side of the Force. Nope. That's true. So do we have a point where Obi-Wan realizes all the like mayhem Vader's causing on the entire galaxy and then goes out to confront him because he knows of like a specific time and place that he'll be able to confront Vader and like there's some big blow out there and we get an incredible sequence between them. Oh, like, I'm down. Man. That would be amazing. I'm down. That's, and that might be the, a good way to retire the Darth Vader character for a I while. Think it, I think it would be the best way to just retire the character. Yeah. Just period. Yeah. Because, like, currently, they haven't missed a beat with the stuff they did in Rebels with Vader and the stuff that they did in Rogue One was incredible. And we're not going to have James Earl Jones forever. Exactly. And that's the thing. Darth Vader's story, really, there's not much left. There's only a small gap well, it's a pretty big gap, but we're getting a lot through the comics and we're getting a lot through different mediums that we just we won't get in film. Right. We're not going to get a Darth Vader protagonist movie. I don't think we should. No. So the odds are this would be the last good opportunity, and so it should be the last one, period, in my opinion. Well, that sounds amazing. Oh, it would be so, so good. Yeah. And Lucasfilm, let's face it, they would make so much money. Darth well, Vader and Obi-Wan? And people as long would as, lose their minds. Yeah, as long as they were really careful about it, 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 especially since there's a bit of stink on this current trilogy, which I don't agree with, but like mm-hmm. I said, that's a whole other topic. The the Star Wars hate nerds that believe they want a certain thing and will ha- and have already decided they're dissatisfied with the J.J. Abrams trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, that could be the thing that they're like, okay, but that was great. Well, that's the thing. It's got the exact opposite sort of... Uh, perspective yes. on it yes pretty much everybody is going in if that movie ends up getting made with rose-colored glasses on that's right they're they're expecting the opposite it, of solo in exactly that they're expecting it to be great yep but just as long as production doesn't let, doesn't create this narrative that it's a train wreck which why would it exactly and that's the thing is it'd be pretty hard yep to make it terrible we have a lot of faith in ewan mcgregor as an actor outside of obi-wan he's like this respected person and absolutely like if they'd have to play Vader very carefully. Sounds like this Daltry guy is respected too. Those movies, that's quite the pedigree. Yeah, it's it's kind of a surprising choice. Res- resume. Ryan Coogler is somebody I want in the Star Wars world. Okay, who's that? Uh, Black Panther. 
Creed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, I think he could do a really good uh, good job with the Star Wars universe. Okay, let's wrap this baby up. Yeah, that's it for me. Okay, so next week we are going to watch the second 20 of Return of the Jedi. We're already into season three, baby. Woo! Uh, you can send along some tweets to at recorder66 if you so please. You can send us an email, include a, a voice memo if you like and you want to hear it in the podcast, recorder66podcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please give us a rate and review. Give us max stars because you like us and we like you and that's how we work into uh, charts and stuff and how other people can find the podcast thanks may the force be with you